Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our celebrity line. We're joined by Jesse Rogers of ESPN. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for ESPN.com. Appears regularly as well uh, on ESPN 1000 in Chicago at Jesse Rogers ESPN is where you can follow him on Twitter. Jesse, how are you? I am doing well. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing well. uh, Well, Good personally. Glad you asked, Jesse. Yeah, professionally when... (laughs) You know, most of the time you're talking on a four-hour show about the Cardinals about uh, 95% of the time. It's 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 uh, not fun right now. So that, that leads us to our first question then, Jesse. You're, you're somebody that covers the league, but you're mainly in Chicago. What's the outsider's view of the Cardinals at this point? Wholly disappointing. I wasn't really surprised by a little bit of a slow start when you consider what the WBC did to spring training and breaking in a new catcher. But once they turned the corner, I thought it was going to continue, and it just never did. So I think most people are kind of surprised they didn't really get back into it when they started to play better. It, 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 it's a sign that, again, that thought of, you know, you can lose the pennant in April, but you can't win it kind of, kind of plays out here if they don't recover. It, it's going to be because of that start. So, yeah, um, not shocked by April, but kind of surprised by what's going on lately that they haven't really continued to make up ground. In fact, they've fallen backwards. Jesse, uh, talking about the beginning of the season in April in particular, were you – were you shocked or surprised at all when the entire, you know, Wilson Contreras thing kind of popped out here in St. Louis? I know we haven't had a chance to to talk to you since that point, but you're a guy that covers the Chicago teams and you know this guy very well. And here he is, the big free agent signing for the Cardinals. And all of a sudden, for the first time and I don't even know how long, the Cardinals have a little drama going on. Yeah, it was it was really strange how it all went down. Um I don't, and I don't think anybody I've talked to really understands why he couldn't just keep catching through it a little bit. Um, why make such a pronouncement that he's lost his job? And then, what was it, 10 days later, he had it back? Um, a lot of people that I've talked to think that they did it sort of to, to highlight it and almost embarrass him into playing better or whatever, or calling a better game. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was really strange. I mean, they could have just done it quietly, let him DH a few days, work on whatever he had to work on, then catch Wainwright, then go back to DHing. But they really made a display of it, um, and, and and then they rallied around him, which which was good. I mean, they recognized that this was kind of embarrassing. You can't blame all your woes on one guy, especially when most people, most observers, thought this team didn't do enough on the mound in the off season. So it did not shock me that they started the season poorly. Wainwright decided to pitch in the WBC and then gets hurt, and they really don't have a number one or number two in the first place. And, and certainly not enough to, to cover a, an injury right out of spring training, it felt like. So 
I guess the best way to put it is they took a weakness going into the season. They added a catcher whose strength is offensively, not defensively. What did you expect to happen? So um, to kind of publicly put the blame on him was a, was really strange. Um, I think Mosellock has to look in the mirror that, look, just because they worked um, some deals at the deadline the last two years for pitchers and it worked out, doesn't mean you can do it again this year. And um, if you get far enough behind, it doesn't matter who's available. John Lester, J.A. Happ, Jordan Montgomery, it may, it may not be enough. So I think the front office really screwed this thing up coming off your playoff loss last year. Yeah, everyone recognized you needed number one, and they just kind of continued the course, and, and look what's happening. Yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to go next is this rotation. And, you know, a lot of people here in St. Louis, uh, including myself, had kind of bought into the pitch to contact. We don't need to get the the big swing and miss guy. Jack Flaherty can be that, you know, if he can get back to being Jack Flaherty. But, man, Jesse, all of that kind of blew up in our faces early in the season, and it feels like the Cardinals pitching staff has been trying to catch up ever since. Well, look, the pitch-to-contact thing is great if the guy that's pitching is just on his game. Kyle Hendricks in 2016 pitched to contact and had a 2-1-6 ERA. But if that guy or that staff isn't completely on their game, they're exposed. And without the shift, you're exposed even more. I'm seeing in Chicago with Jamison Tyon, for example – Great pitcher, great contact pitcher, light contact. Well, when it doesn't exactly work your way, look what happens when you can't fall back on strikeouts. So the whole contact pitcher with great defense is awesome on paper, especially with a shift. Without the shift, and if your staff isn't completely on its game, this is what happens. So I'll I'll still take the strikeout guy over the contact guy unless that guy is just having a Cy Young-type year. And it doesn't feel like anybody in the Cardinals is even close to that. No, you're absolutely right about that. Miles Michaels has turned around a little bit, Jesse. But, uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. He got off to a rough start. Uh, Jesse Rogers of ESPN joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jesse, my, so you also you also cover the White Sox. And I've made this point whenever we, we get the text about, hey, what about the White Sox? You know, they're struggling. They, they got a lot of good young pitching. Could they be a possible trade target for the Cardinals. My point has always been, well, if the White Sox want to turn it around, getting rid of, even though they're struggling, getting rid of young pitching doesn't make any sense. What are you hearing right now when it comes to the White Sox and guys like Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito and, uh, you know, um, Michael Kopech, those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I'm hearing is basically, look, if you're a free agent and you're having a bad season as a team, you're, you're likely to be moved. And that, that applies to Giolito and Clevenger, really. Um, I mean, to, to trade Kopech or Cease is a bigger conversation within the team. It's a, it's a philosophical move within the team. Okay, we're changing direct, directions completely. So it's two different categories here. I have little doubt that if things continue as is with the White Sox, Giolito, and in a smaller way, Clevenger, could be on the move. Actually, Clevenger's pitched okay. But certainly, Giolito is not re-signing here. He's just not. So, you, I always say this about executives, and I think they feel this way as well. If your summer is going to be that bad in the standings, you better uh, find something positive out of it, and that comes on July 31st. You better get something positive out of a bad season. So, certainly, Giolito is a tra- trade candidate, and then a guy like Clevenger – Maybe even Liam Hendricks closers get a lot at the deadline if he's back up to speed and, you know, he can get traded, you know, doctors, okay, whatever it is. So, so there are, there are guys that are pending free agents. Now Liam Hendricks has an option for next year, you know, that are more likely to move than not. 
you know, I, I would imagine the White Sox would start with you know a couple top prospects if it's if it's for Giolito, who's having a decent year at least, and he's a solid, you know, three, maybe a two on his best days. Uh, you know, whether it be Jordan Walker, I'm sure the Cardinals will say no. Maybe the the, the shortstop down there uh, win. That's a possibility as Tim Anderson's time in Chicago could be ending soon. So I imagine they would ask for a lot because that's what starting pitchers and closers get at the deadline. Teams are pretty desperate a lot of times. Uh, so who knows if there would be a match, but certainly Giolito would be first on the list to go, I think. Jesse, what other names could be available? It seems like it's going to be a weak market when it comes to starting pitching because guys like Aaron Nola is a free agent. What, you know, he's, the Phillies are still attempting to contend. you got some other veteran free agents that you know will, will, be, have, the, will have their contract expire at the end of the year, but they're on contenders. So who else could be available? Yeah, certainly you have to look at Cleveland and Shane Bieber. I mean, the, the NL and AL Centrals are fascinating to me. I mean, first of all, they're fascinatingly bad. Let's start with that. But what what's going to occur late July is really interesting. If you are, take the White Sox, nine games under five hundred in late July, but only five and a half games out of first place, what the heck do you do? And that applies to Detroit. Um, and then you, you go to the NL Central, whether it be the Reds and the Cubs. Uh, it looks like the Pirates are in it for the long haul. So some of these teams have some major decisions. But the Guardians are the type of team that will trade and still try to contend. Like there's that, that, those teams that try to thread the needle, a little bit of a sell-off, but we're not giving up either. So Shane Bieber would probably be at the top of the list of potential guys to go. There's a lot of teams like the Mets that you just don't think are going to sell. It's kind of like the Cardinals. I mean, you can't really sell if you're the Mets. You just can't. Even though, like I said, you have to salvage something from a bad season. I think the Phillies are in it for the long haul. So you're right. I think it is a seller's market. I think you have to look at those central teams. Obviously, the Rockies, you know, the A's, those guys are always going to be available. But which central teams are going to sell despite being five or six games out? And again, I put the Guardians at the top of that list. I put the Reds there as well. I don't think Reds are thinking about this year. They're thinking about next year. So that's another team maybe you can go get a starter from. Jesse, congratulations on uh, your book coming out. I know it's coming out today. So the franchise, Chicago Cubs, a curated, a cur- curated history. Excuse me. Gee, I, I hacked up that word. Sorry. A, a curated history of the Northsiders. Right. Uh, Jesse, you're talking largely to a Cardinals fan base here, but you're talking to a fan base that is also very passionate about baseball. So your, your, best, your best plug for your book to, uh, to pick it up, regardless of if you're a Cubs fan or not. Okay, if you like baseball pranks, my favorite chapter that I wrote has to do with pranks. Now, they're all Cub pranks, but they're still pranks. It's Rick Sutcliffe, Ryan Dempster. As it turns out, Ryan Sandberg is one of the best pranksters of his era. Nobody knew that. Really? But pick it up just for Sutcliffe and Dempster alone. There's some great stories in there that involve non-Cubs and Cubs, whatever. But, you know, look, there's stories that permeate whether you're a Cub fan or a Cardinal fan. I think you'll enjoy it. Good stuff. Well, congratulations again on the book coming out. Again, it's called uh, The Franchise, the Chicago Cubs history. And it, uh, we're, look, we're looking forward to you know, seeing the reviews and things like that, Jesse, as I'm sure you are too. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we have a chance to talk to you again soon. I think we lost Jesse there. Jesse, you still there? Maybe? Thank you if you're still listening. Phone call yeah, I'm bit. here. Oh, there you go. Okay. No, I was yeah. just thanking you, Jesse. Thanks for coming yeah. on. And I said, thank you. We'll do it again near the deadline. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. Love to have you on. Thank you.